All right, so good morning, everybody. We're so glad you're worshiping uh, the Lord with us today, and uh, so glad that you're here. It's Valentine's Day. We want to wish you a happy Valentine's Day, and uh, there's something special about Valentine's Day besides the fact that it's Valentine's Day. Harvest Community Church began, or at least held its first worship service, 28 years ago today. And so it's our anniversary as a church. We're super excited about that. And because of that, we're launching a new series today that we're calling Welcome Home. But I'm getting ahead of myself, and so I want to back up just for a minute. My name's Brian. I am the pastor here, or one of the pastors here at Harvest Community Church. And we're super excited that you're spending today with us. If you're watching on YouTube or on Facebook, we would encourage you to go online and say hello in the comments. We would love to hear from you. Uh, while you're there, you might notice in the links on YouTube and on Facebook that there are links for a variety of things. In fact, there are some new links there this week, and I want to see if I can explain some of those to you because they go along with our new series. As always, there's a digital communication card. We ask everybody to fill one out every single time because we love hearing from you, because we love knowing that you're participating in our worship services. But even more so, we love the chance we have to help you grow spiritually, and we love the chance to pray for you. And so if you'd like to be prayed for, if there's some next step spiritually we can help you take, or you'd just like to let us know your contact info and reach out for the very first time, we would love to hear from you on that digital communication card. If you're new, you're watching for the first time today, or maybe you've just watched a few times, and you're in that place for yourself, Say, okay, I'm ready to connect. We would love to hear from you as well. Every time someone new fills out that digital communication card, we give $5 in your name and in each of your family members' names, if you'll give them to us, to our partners at Monroe Middle School. Monroe's a great school right here in our neighborhood. They do a number of things to help families in crisis, and we love to support their Families in Crisis Fund. And so we give to that when you fill out that digital communication card to honor that. Know that we would love to hear from you. Of course, there are some other links there as well. If you're new, please don't feel the need to participate in our giving link. But those of us who consider Harvest our home, we give faithfully and regularly because it's our chance to participate in what God is doing across our community and around our world. It's also our chance to honor the Lord with what he has blessed us with and provided for us. And so we want to say thank you to those of you who take that giving seriously. And again, if you're a guest, we'd just love it if you would fill out that digital communication card. So there are a variety of links there, and I want to see if I can explain them. As I said, we're beginning a new series today. We're calling Welcome Home. And we're doing a couple of things with this series, if I can be honest. We want to help all of us grow spiritually over the next six or seven weeks. To help us do that, we're going to un, uh, unfold some new groups. We're launching some uh, new groups that will be online that will help us each grow spiritually. I'm going to explain those as we talk about things today. We're also going to launch some new tools to help us out. Now, at the same time, to help us all grow spiritually, we're going to ask us, as we're saying, welcome home, we're going to ask us to recommit or to commit for the first time to making Harvest Community Church our home right here in Eugene, Oregon. We would love for you to make that commitment and have a commitment to the local church. If you've already made that commitment at some point in the past, you probably know that on an annual basis, we ask you to recommit 
to our membership covenant. And so there's a link there on YouTube and on Facebook for that membership covenant and for you to make that recommitment. We would love for you to do that. Of course, if you're new over the last year, because we haven't had membership classes because of COVID, if you're new over the last year and you'd like to make that commitment over the next few weeks, we'll talk more about that process, but everything you will need will be in our links over the next few Sundays. You're going to notice a few things. In fact, I would encourage everybody to check this out. After today's worship, there will be some bonus videos. So you get through the worship service, we'll go to an end screen, and then there'll be some bonus videos. And every single one of these weeks of Welcome Home, there will be some bonus videos. In those bonus videos, I'm going to cover some information that is in this booklet that is our Harvest membership booklet. We call it Discovering Harvest. And so the link to this booklet will be right there on YouTube, right there on Facebook for you to click on. And so I'm going to refer to it as various parts of the series, but we want to make sure you get access to all the information that is in that Discovering Harvest booklet. Now, friends, if, you're, if you've been around a long time, this has changed a little bit over time. I would encourage you to check it out as well, not just leave it to the new folks to check out. But if you're new, we certainly would love for you to click and download and take a look at all that's here. There's also going to be links for how to get to our bookmark. Um, you would notice that every month we're giving you Bible passages to read. This keeps us in the Word of God consistently together. This year we're doing an overview of uh, the Scripture, and we're sort of studying it chronologically so that you can see how the Bible fits together in time as it was written. On the back of the bookmark is a spiritual growth pathway, and that spiritual growth pathway outlines a lot of the information that is inside the Discovering Harvest booklet, and so we would love for you to get access to that pathway and to that information. Also in the links, you will see that there is a membership agreement form or a link for that that you can fill out if you're interested in becoming a member of Harvest Community Church and for the first time you want to go through that process of joining the church. Well, this is a piece of that. Uh, we're going to outline a few other things to go with that as well. And again, the membership covenant and the ability to commit to that or recommit to that are also there in the links as well. If you would like to make Harvest your home and uh, you've never done that before, one of the things we're going to ask you to do, we're trying to do all of this digitally, but we want to personalize it just a bit. And so we would ask you to find a time that you can meet with me or one of our pastors. We'll do those meetings versus Zoom. If that helps you feel more comfortable to protect you, we will do those meetings um, perhaps out in our pavilion on warm, sunny days. But I would love the chance to get to know you. We'll social distance. We'll wear masks. We'll do everything we can to be safe if we're meeting in person. If we're meeting online, obviously, we'll be safe as well. But we want the chance to just get to know you and your spiritual story just a little bit in addition to all of these other steps. So with all of that said, I want to pray for us, and then I want to jump in to today's message. I think it's so important that we think about why a church exists and how Harvest Community Church can help you grow as a disciple of Jesus. That's what we talk about in the membership class. It's what we outline in the Discovering Harvest booklet, and it's what we want to talk to you about in the message today. So will you pray with me? Jesus, we thank you today that you are so good. And Jesus, today we ask that you would move in our souls. We ask that you would speak to our hearts. We ask that you would do a transforming work in us in these weeks ahead. 
as we think about what it means to be a church family, and as we think about what it means to welcome others to the church family, to our home, we pray that we can help us all grow in our faith of you, in you. So show us what it means to love you with all of our hearts. Show us how we can come together to support each other as we love each other. And show us what it means to take your love to this world around us that so desperately needs it. Jesus, help us to be a people who love you with all we've got. We want to pour out our hearts to you today, and so we surrender this time and this moment, and we ask that you speak to our souls from your word now. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So again, today, if you're watching the very first Sunday this video has come out, February 14th, 2021, today is Harvest Anniversary. We began 28 years ago today. And for some of you, you were there. And that's so cool. And so Harvest has been your home for a long, long time. And you've been welcoming others into your home for a long time. And for some of you, Harvest Community Church is new. You discovered us after COVID or just before COVID, and you've mostly been online and haven't had the chance to even meet some of us or meet me personally. We're so glad you're here. And of course, over the years, so many of you have committed to make Harvest your home. Harvest is a church of about 300, 350, maybe 400 people here in the southern Willamette Valley. And we do everything we can to help you find Jesus and help you follow Jesus. We want to talk today, since we have this anniversary, we want to talk about what it means to be a church. You know, for some of you, you found the church a long, long time ago. And for some of you, you just recently found the church or you're searching right now, trying to discover where God would have you partner, where God would have you plant where God would have you be a part of a local body of believers to live out the faith together. Now, I've only had to do that a few times in my life, if I'm being honest. I've been the pastor of Harvest for over 12 years. Crazy how fast that's gone. But on a few occasions in our life, Marcy and I have been in a place where we've either had the, uh, where I wasn't on staff, where we've had the opportunity to choose a church, or, along the years, God's moved us into new churches just a few times. And I can tell you, searching for a new church can be so difficult and so scary because there are so many things that go through your mind. And so what I want to do today, and what I want to do in some of the bonus videos today, is I want to talk to you about what Harvest Community Church is all about. I want to talk to you about how we were formed. I want to talk to you about why we came together. I want to talk to you about why we exist and more specifically, how we can partner with you to help you grow as a disciple of Jesus Christ. And of course, if you're new to the faith, or you're new to the idea of Jesus, or you haven't even yet become a disciple of Jesus Christ, you haven't become a Christian, well, we want to help you do that even today. I know that finding a new church is tough, but I also know that it's so important once you have found where God wants you to plant and to put down roots and to make connections and to begin to grow and to begin to serve and to begin to give and begin to be a part of that body. And so we want to call you today 
to three actions, if you will, or three, three upfront commitments. And I'm going to tell them to you right now. They're in your notes, but they're actually at the end of your notes because I'm going to come right back to them at the end of our notes today. So three actions we want, to t- you want you to take today. The first is a recognition. We want you to recognize that you will never stop needing to grow in your love for Jesus and that you never stop needing to grow to love people more like Jesus, that in your love for people, in your love for those around us in this world, in your love for Jesus, that there's always more room to grow. And we want to challenge you to make that growth. In fact, that leads us to the second thing, and that action is a choice. For the next six weeks, we want you to commit to work on growing in one of what we call the three loves. Scripture is very clear that we are to love God with all of our heart and soul and mind and strength. We're going to study that today. The Scripture is very clear that we are to love one another, that we are to love our neighbor as ourself, that we are to love those around us. And because Scripture is clear about that, we want to help you love other people. And we want to ask you to make a commitment to either love God over the next six weeks. Now, these aren't really exclusive to help you love God better, to help you love people better, or we have a third love we talk about a lot here at Harvest, and that is to love the world the way Jesus loves the world. I know there's some confusion on that in Scripture. Some people say, well, hey, we're not supposed to love the world, and yet the most famous verse of the Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. And so we use that language to represent the fact that we are to take his love to the world around us and to the nations around us, and we are to serve the community around us and the nations around us. And so we want to challenge you to recognize that you'll never stop growing in love, to identify or choose one of those loves, loving Jesus, loving people, or loving the world, to grow in in the next six weeks. And we want to ask you to make a commitment, to commit to make Harvest your home, or to recommit to make Harvest your home, depending on whether you've done that previously. So a recognition that I'll never stop growing to become more like Jesus in terms of love. A choice that I want you to pray about for the next week. And next Sunday, I want you to commit to Growing in one of those three loves, a love for Jesus, a love for people, or a love for the world in the sense of the way Jesus loves the world. I want you to commit to one of those three loves. And then we want you to make a commitment to make Harvest your home or recommit for Harvest to be your home. And so we'll talk more about that. We talked about it in the announcements today. We'll talk more about it in the weeks ahead But know that those are things we're challenging you to do. So I want to begin here today, why does Harvest Community Church exist? We say it pretty simply around here, that if you want to know why Harvest exists, you need to know why the church exists, and so you need to go to Scripture. And there are a variety of Scriptures that outline what it means to be a church. I want to read some of those to you now. But as I do that, I want you to think about it this way. We, we, we say it this way here at Harvest, that Harvest Community Church exists to help the southern Willamette Valley, where we, here, where we are here in Lane County, Oregon, Eugene, Oregon, Springfield, Oregon. We exist to help the southern Willamette Valley find Jesus. That is to say that we want people to become believers in Jesus Christ and to follow Jesus. And that is, again, to say that we want to help you become a growing follower of Jesus Christ, a disciple of Jesus Christ. And we want you to grow in that. And so we're here to help you find and follow Jesus. And a person who is a growing follower of Jesus is a person who lives out those three loves 
I just talked about. Where do we get all of this? Well, we get it from Scripture. John chapter 13, verse 34 and 35, Jesus said, A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. And by this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. When I think about those great texts that describe who we're supposed to be, I think about Acts 1.8. Jesus said, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, and in all Judea and Samaria, and to the other ends of the earth. I think about Matthew 28, what we call the Great Commission, verses 18 through 20. Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, and therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely... I'm with you always to the very end of the age. And I think about Matthew 22, where, where some people who wanted to catch Jesus in, in a conflict, who wanted to trip him up, came to him, and they asked, Matthew 22, verse 36, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus replied, well, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. To love your neighbor as yourself. And all of the law and all of the prophets hang on these two commandments. And there's one more I think of a lot. It's found in the book of Acts in Acts chapter 2. And it's a description of the very first church. Now I want to give you a word of caution about the book of Acts. Sometimes when we read the book of Acts, what we're reading, we should be reading descriptively because it's describing who the first church was. But often when we read the book of Acts, we should be reading it prescriptively to know what it's prescribing for us to do, what it's telling us to do. And one of the great passages that talks about what it means to be a church of Jesus Christ is in Acts chapter 2, beginning in verse 40. Peter had preached at Pentecost... You might remember the story. And as he preached, thousands of people came to faith in Jesus. In fact, Acts 2.40 says, With many other words he warned them and he pleaded with them, Save yourselves from this corrupt generation. And those who accepted his message were baptized. And verse 41 says, About 3,000 were added to their number that day. Wow. Verse 42 picks up and says, They devoted themselves, these 3,000 believers, Remember, these people who came to faith, they were from all over the world, and so they weren't just Jewish folks. And they certainly weren't just from the land of Israel. They were from all over the world, and so they spoke many different languages, and they came from every, lack of a better way of saying it, many tribes, tongues, and nations. And in all that diversity... As they brought together, this is what happened. Verse 42, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. And everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. And all the believers were together and had everything in common. And they sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. And every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes. They ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. 
So we have this great text to show us what it means to be a church. But I think it begins with this question, what does it mean to be a disciple? If you're going to be a Christian, then you're going to be a disciple. So what does it mean to be a disciple of Jesus Christ? Because you might notice the word disciple has the word discipline. They're connected, that it's the root word of the word, word discipline. But what exactly does the word mean? Because if you haven't been around church very much in your life, or if Christianity is new to you, this is not a word you use every day. So what is a disciple? I'm going to give you a really simple definition here, just a couple of one-word bits. A disciple is a student. A disciple is a learner. A disciple is a mentor, like there's a mentor, and a, a disciple is a mentee, rather. There's a mentor and there's mentees, you know, people who are being mentored. A disciple is a mentee. A disciple is a follower. A disciple is an apprentice. In all of those cases, what you're picturing is someone who is learning from another person in order to become more like that other person. That's what a disciple is, and that's what it meant in their original culture. And so we like to say it this way around here at Harvest, that a growing disciple is a person who loves as Jesus loves. Because core to being like Jesus is to be full of love. And so a growing disciple is a person who loves as Jesus loves and a person who loves who Jesus loves, that loves the people Jesus loves. This is what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. And it's what makes the church the church. Now, I want you to notice just quickly three quick things about this text. You can write them down, but they're not in your notes. I didn't put them in your notes. But one, all of this is teaching us that the people were the church. They didn't go to church. They didn't have church buildings. They were the church. I want you to notice that it was a daily rhythm, not a Sunday rhythm. And I want you to notice that it was a lifestyle, not just an experience that happened to them, that it began to change who they were, and they began to become more and more and more like Jesus. One of the things we like to talk about here at Harvest is that a loving church is a contagious church, that when His love begins to grow in us, it also begins to spill outside of us, and the church becomes a movement, not a place. Not a building we go to, but a movement. And one of the things that happens in movements is that movements move. And so what they did here sort of explains how their movement grew. Let me sum it up this way. A disciple, and this is the one thing that the message is about today, and the one thing I want to challenge you with today, that a disciple of Jesus must never stop growing in love. That is to say... What I said before, a recognition that I will never arrive when it comes to love. That I will never be able to look at myself and say, yep, I am just like Jesus and I love just like Jesus and I got it all figured out. If I begin to think that, I'm in dangerous territory. Now, do I want to become like Jesus? Absolutely. But I've got to have the humility to know that I fall short on a daily basis. And a disciple of Jesus must never stop growing in love. Never stop growing to become like Jesus in love. And so one of the things we talk about at length in that membership class, when people go through our Discovering Harvest class, 
We talk at length in the Discovering Harvest book. In fact, you would, you would find our mission statement on page 3 of that book, and you would find what it means to find Jesus there and what it means to follow Jesus there. And you would see an outline in the book on pages 10 and 11 and 12 and 13 and, and on and on about what it means to love as Jesus loves. And I want to sum that up for you a bit today. How can Harvest help you? How can Harvest help me grow to love like Jesus? Well, I want to come back to those three loves. And I want to outline it this way. Number one, Harvest will equip me to love Jesus supremely. That's how we will help you. That's how Harvest will help me. That Harvest will spend a tremendous amount of energy equipping you to love Jesus supremely. We want to give you online opportunities for that while we're in COVID season. But even after COVID season, we recognize that, that it's not just about when we gather to worship, that worship is a lifestyle, and we want to equip you to do that. We want to give you tools. We want to give you groups. We want to give you people. We want to certainly elevate your understanding of the Bible. We want to do all we can to help you grow in your love for Jesus Christ, so that you can love Jesus as the center of your life, so that you can love Jesus supremely. As it said in Acts 2, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching that became the word of God, and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. And everyone was filled with awe at many times of the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles And all the believers were together and had everything in common. That is to say that there were very many moments, both gathered and scattered, where they were worshiping God, sometimes together and sometimes on their own individually. We want to help you do that. Matthew 22, Jesus said that the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart. We want to help you do that. With all your soul. We want to help you do that. With all your mind, we want to help you do that. Somewhere else he said, with all your strength, we want to help you love God in every way you can. And it's why we challenge you to become a believer in Jesus Christ and be baptized. I will talk about salvation and how that works in a little bit. We want to challenge you in this six weeks to put on the spiritual armor, to develop spiritual habits that have you in the Word daily and have you growing in the word daily and we want to give you some ways to grow in your own personal worship because we know in this season of covid where it's a challenge to gather together and be around a lot of other people and to lift our singing you know most of the time when we think of what worship is we think of singing but worship is far more than singing in fact when we study the word of god on sundays we're also worshiping because worship has at its core this idea of surrendering ourselves to the lord and doing that in love to love god supremely and so we want to help you do all of that i wanted you to notice that it used the word devoted here to describe them it is the word proskartereo it's the same word used elsewhere to describe the disciples' persistent devotion to prayer. It is a word that had an interesting meaning. It occurs six times in the book of Acts, and it's a, it, it indicates that they had a persisting obstinance in doing something, that they persistently and obstinately persisted in doing what they were doing here it is that word, 
devoted, as it is translated, but is consistently used for this persistent obstinance. You know, there are a lot of things that we are devoted to in our world, but as I look around, if anything, most of us live, tend to live not devoted to much. Now, if I'm honest, there are some things we're devoted to, but it's often our comfortability or our lifestyle. Or, you know, sociologists sort of describe our age as a, as a non-devoted type age where nobody makes commitments to anything. But I tell you, if you stay up to playing Madden till 3 a.m. every night, that's what you're devoted to, right? And so your year this year will become whatever it is you devoted to, whatever it is you consistently live out. I want to challenge you to grow in your love for Jesus this year. Now, I'm going to be honest about something for just a second. A lot of us have been around Christianity for a long time. And yet, we often feel, when there's one of these challenges put out, we often feel like, you know what? I haven't grown enough. Like, I've still got to love Jesus more. That that before I love other people, I've got to work on my love for Jesus. And the two are connected. And before I love the world, I've got to work on my love for Jesus. And the three are connected. But I want to tell you, if you've been a Christian for a long time, it doesn't work sequentially where you love Jesus enough that suddenly then you begin loving other people. That I guess I would say it this way. That if you've been a Christian for a long time and you're going to sign up to commit to one of these loves to work on, I really want to challenge you to work on your love for people or work on your love for the world, your love and your servanthood of the world around us. Because often, not growing in those areas limits our love for Jesus. That is to say that they become lids that sort of prevent us from growing in our love for Jesus and loving Him supremely because we're refusing to grow in some of those other ways. And so pray this week about these three loves and how you can grow, but we want to help you Harvest exists to equip you to love God supremely, love Jesus supremely. Number two, harvest will equip me, harvest will equip you to love people genuinely. Verse 44, all the believers were together and had everything in common, and they sold their property and their possessions to give to anyone who had need. And every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts, and they broke bread in their homes, and they ate together. Notice the word together is showing up a lot. Praising God. They ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. So notice that there is a pivot here from loving God together to loving each other. And then in that, there's another pivot to taking that message beyond them to others who would become Christians who needed to be saved so that there was this pivot to loving those outside the church as well. We get the same pivot in the greatest commandment in Matthew 22. What is the greatest commandment? To love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. But the second is like it, to love your neighbor as yourself. See, these things happen together. And that same pivot that exists in Acts 2 exists in Matthew 22. And it exists all throughout Scripture where we are challenged to love each other. And so we want to challenge you to love as Jesus loves, to grow in the fruit of the Spirit that help us love as Jesus loves. We want to challenge you with group life, to connect with others. And we realize that's difficult to do, to physically be together in COVID season. So we're trying to create some online ways to do that. 
In fact, one of the things we'll do is we're going to create online Facebook groups to support each of these three loves, and we're going to invite you into one of those groups. Now, I know some of you aren't Facebook people. That's okay. We're going to try to provide those tools to you in other ways, but we also want to provide every online experience we can. And frankly, some of you haven't met very many other harvesters yet. And so we want you to help you get to know some other people here at Harvest. We may start some micro groups. We're going to talk about spiritual gifts and how we use those gifts to serve each other. But as we grow in this love for people, it's so important that we realize how often the Bible challenges us to love one another. It is filled, the New Testament and the Bible, with things we are to do with one another. Romans 12, be devoted to one another. Honor one another above yourselves. Romans 12, live in harmony with one another. Romans 13, love one another. Romans 14, stop passing judgment on one another. Romans 15, accept one another. Romans 15 again, instruct one another. Romans 16, greet one another with a holy kiss. All throughout Scripture, encourage one another, serve one another, bear with one another in love, be kind and compassionate to one another, speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, submit to one another, bear with each other, forgive one another, admonish one another, encourage one another again. Build each other up, build one another up, encourage another one daily, spur one another on towards love and good deeds, keep on loving one another, do not slander one another, don't grumble against one another, love one another deeply from the heart, offer hospitality to one another, clothe yourselves with humility toward one another, fellowship with one another, love one another as he commanded us. You get the idea here, right? That over and over and over, we're challenged to love each other. And that speaks of the love that we're to have inside the body of Christ. But one of the things that happens is that love becomes contagious and spills out beyond the body to others around us, into the community around us, into the world around us. And so number three, Harvest will equip me and Harvest will equip you to love the world selflessly. To love the world selflessly. Now again, I am aware that it says in 1 John not to be friends with the world. And so many people have misunderstood my statement when I say that we are to love the world the way Jesus loves the world. The world can mean the broken system of this world, and we're not to love that. But in Scripture, the world also can represent the people of the world. And I think it means it in that sense in John 3.16 where it says, For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whosoever shall believe in Him should not perish, but have eternal, everlasting life. In that sense, we believe that we are to bring the gospel to the world. Acts 1.8 said that you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And so we believe very much so that we need a strategy to love our community and to love our community well. And we do many things to do that. That we need a strategy to love our region and take the love of Jesus and partner with others who love our region well. And that we need a strategy to partner with others to send the love of Jesus around the world. And we do that in our giving, certainly. But we also do that when we send people on mission trips to Haiti or to Asia or to Africa or to other places. And so we work hard at this sense of loving the world. Can I tell you a little secret about the people of the church in the book of Acts? 
The world sort of came together at the time of Pentecost, and a bunch of people from around the world came to know Jesus in Acts chapter 2. And here they were together, and they had everything in common. And, and they, those people, sort of went back to their homes, and they took the love of Jesus with them, and they began to tell people about Jesus. But the church of Jerusalem sort of huddled together and didn't really, in the book of Acts, want the love of Jesus to go out beyond them. And I find that curious. But I also recognize that that's our human nature, isn't it? To sort of love people who are like me. And yet, in the book of Acts, we find persecution came on the church. And when the persecution came, the believers began to scatter all over the region and they began to share the love of Jesus as they went. And that was intentional to the point where they were challenged to love their enemies, where they were challenged to love their persecutors. In fact, the book of Acts is really the story, among other things, of not only the launch of the first church and subsequent churches that were started, but it is also the story of how an early hater, a persecutor of the church, became a believer of Jesus Christ and how he began to start churches. And he went on to write, after he fell in love with Jesus and began to grow in his love for Jesus, he wrote, well, like half our New Testament. His name's Paul. And his story is outlined multiple times in the book of Acts. But there's this interesting thing, right? Because Jesus told us to love one another. And the people were like, hmm, I think I'm good with that. But then I want you to realize that Jesus took a tax collector in Levi or Matthew when he said, come and follow me. And then Jesus took a zealot and called him to follow him. And then he put those two together, a tax collector and a zealot. And he said, I want you to love each other. Now, you don't realize this maybe, but... They were polar opposites in their sort of approach to the government. They were polar opposites in their politics. And Jesus called them together and said, Hey guys, we need to work on loving one another. And he consistently worked with that group of 12 and that group of 70 to help them really love one another. We're molded by that. And so we often say, we don't care about your politics, and that we pull together people from every side of politics, and for that matter, people who aren't even just American in their politics. We want to love one another. But that love should spill out. And so the book of Acts and Jesus both taught us to love Gentiles. That is to say that the early church had to be taught to love folks that aren't Jewish, people with different ethnic backgrounds, believers that are not of our race or our ethnicity who don't speak our language. And so we are challenged to love not only one another who are like us, but to love people who are very different than us. And then Jesus challenged us to love our neighbor. And of course, somebody said, well, who is my neighbor? And Jesus told a story. You remember about a Samaritan that a lot of Jewish people would have hated. And he made the Samaritan the hero of the story. He basically said, our neighbor is anyone in need, and that I'm a neighbor to them when I'm loving them regardless of whether they're like me or not. And then, of course, Jesus taught us to love our enemies and to pray for those who persecute us. And, of course, that happened with Saul, who persecuted the church and later was called Paul and spent the rest of the story of Acts 
starting churches and reaching people for Jesus, and then writing while he was in prison and other times many of the other letters of the New Testament. And so we want to help you work on loving those outside the church. We want to help you learn how to tell your story. We want to help you learn how to share your Jesus story. We want to help you connect with missionaries. And we've got some great plans for Easter this year. And of course, we've got to be sort of COVID prepared for that. But we're working on a different kind of Easter egg hunt that I think you're going to want to help with. And we're going to have Easter services this year that we're still figuring out, but they're going to be incredible. And you're going to want to help with that. And so for those of you that commit to loving the world the way Jesus loves the world, we want to help you tell your story. And we want to help you begin to take the gospel to others through our missionaries, take the gospel to others through our Easter outreach. In the end, it all comes back to this, that we want to challenge you again with these three commitments a recognition a choice and a commitment itself so what is that recognition three actions we want you to take number one i want you to recognize that you and i will never stop needing to grow to love more like jesus just recognize that we never arrive we'll never stop needing to grow there's always room to love more like jesus and because of that we want you to make a choice for the next six weeks We want you to pray and work on one of these three loves, to love Jesus supremely, to love others genuinely, to love our world selflessly. And so between now and next week, I want you to pray and ask God which of those loves you need to grow in. And again, if you've been a believer for a long time, I'm not telling you what to do, but I would really challenge you, work on your love for people. That's going to help you love Jesus. Work on your love for the world. That's going to help you love Jesus. And of course, you can commit to working on your love for Jesus as well. That being said, next week I'm going to challenge you over the next week to make that commitment. And you can make it on our digital communication card during the week or when next Sunday rolls around to say, this is the love I'm going to work on. Then we're going, to, we're going to invite you into one of these Facebook groups. We're going to provide some tools to help you work on that. There's all kinds of things we're going to do over these six weeks. But there's three actions we want you to take today. A recognition, I'll never arrive. I'll always need to grow in my love to become more like the love of Jesus. The choice, the three groups, and which group I want to connect with. And then a commitment. I want to challenge you today and over these next couple of weeks to make the commitment to make Harvest your home. Or, if you've already done that, then to recommit for Harvest to be your home. Why? Because we really want to partner with you to help you be a growing disciple of Jesus Christ. That being said, we always end our services with two prayers. And so I want to pray both those prayers today. The first is a prayer of salvation. And the very first step Before any of this other stuff I've talked about today, if you're not a believer of Jesus Christ, then the very first step for you is to become a Christian. And you just simply pray and ask Him to come into your life. You admit to Him that you know you do wrongs. We call those sins. That's what the Bible calls them. You believe in him you put your faith in Jesus Christ. You believe that he lived a perfect life, that he died on the cross that he was buried, that he rose again, that he is the Son of God. You put your faith in him. 
and you commit your life to him, asking him to take over your life, be your God, be your Savior. You turn to him. The Bible calls that repentance, turning from our sins to him and committing our life to him. If you'd like to do that today, you can pray with me right now and pray just like this. Dear Jesus, please take over my life. Please make me more like you. Make me full of love. Jesus, I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I turn to you. And Jesus, I put my faith in you. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins and that you rose again. And Jesus, since you're alive, I ask you to live in me and take over my life, be my God, be in charge of me, be my Lord. Jesus, make me more like you, I pray in your name. Amen. Amen. If you prayed with me just like that just now, I would love to know that. I would love to hear from you. You can tell me on your digital communication card. You can tell someone who invited you to worship with us and they'll let me know. Or you can email me. I'm Brian, B-R-I-A-N at harvestchurcheugene.com. I would love to hear from you. Again, I always pray two prayers at the end of our messages. The first is that prayer of salvation. The second is a prayer of discipleship. It's a prayer of application for those of us who are already Christians to commit our life to this love that we were talking about today. Maybe you would pray it with me. Pray just like this. Dear Jesus, thank you that you came to love and that you are love. And thank you that you love me and will never, ever stop loving me. So grow me, Jesus, so that I can love like you, so that I can love who you love. I recognize that I will never arrive when it comes to love, that there's always more room to grow. So grow me, Jesus. Show me if I need to focus on loving you or loving people. Or loving the world the way you love the world for these next six weeks. And thank you for giving me harvest as a family to help me grow as a disciple, to help me grow in love. Jesus, I commit to you my life. I pray in Jesus' name. You know what? I hope you prayed that prayer with me. And frankly, I'd love to hear from you as well that you prayed that prayer. Of course, there's our digital communication card out there. You can let us know any number of things, these commitments that we're making, these ways we're going to help grow in love. Over the next week, we want you to pray about those three loves, and then we want you to make a commitment to say for the next six weeks. And that next six weeks, starting on the 21st, would then take us to Easter. And so we want to see you grow. We want to help you grow. Of course, as soon as we know something about when we're gathering in person, we will let you know that. But in the meantime, know how much we love you, friends. Never forget, you are loved. And he'll never stop loving you. I love you, and I'll see you soon.